Pleasant Acre Farms, located just outside Ocala, Florida, is a full-service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the Sunshine State. Standing 10 horses, including sons of top sires such as Curlin, Harlan's Holiday, Unbridled Song, Scat Daddy, Canthros, and Twirling Candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals, Joe and Helen Barbazon, they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at pleasantacrestallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to for free, the Going in Circles Digest. It's kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview. Um, We have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, various topics, but uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various uh, industry topics or racing history. This last week we did a piece on the great Arazi and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which uh, unfortunately was the the pinnacle of his career. But um, it's a free subscription. Go to goingincirclesdigest.substack.com dot com and check it out all right the going in circles digest thanks for listening hey everyone welcome to going in circles the big monday show my name is charles simon i'm the host of the going in circles podcast my co-host barry spears will be with us in a few we have uh Quite a few things to talk about this weekend, mainly the uh, the demise of Arlington and recap the races that, that that were run out there and ask a couple questions like, what happens to those races? Kind of interesting to find out. Um, but, uh, you know, got some takes, as always. We'll be back in a minute. Is this Mr. Spears? Yes, it could be him. Depends on what day it is. It's not an imposter? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. The one and only? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If there was two of me, you'd know already. (laughs) Uh, Well, thankfully, you're you're no longer uh, persona non grata on Twitter and uh, I was a shadow for two months. (laughs) You were a shadowy figure. I was there, lurking in the uh, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw, I saw what was was going on. Lurking on the edges. Oh man! Saw everything for two months. Well, thankfully you're back, and uh, they haven't done anything crazy. Like uh, you know, well they tried, but. We squashed that beef. Squashed it. Squashed it like Churchill Downs squashes the hopes and dreams of horsemen throughout the country. 
especially those in the Chicagoland area. Yes. That's such a great place, man. <clears throat> it's a little bit. I, I was there for the last two week weekends. Um, well, I mean, I was there for about 10 days, but it's almost a surreal feeling that, uh, uh, you know, when you compare, I, I wasn't around Hollywood Park very much, but, uh, you know, when you see the ending, the demise of a lot of the tracks that um, have kind of uh, just, you know, crumbled into being obsolete almost, Suffolk Downs uh, ha- hasn't been like really, wasn't really taken care of for a long time. And Calder was, you know, they tore the grandstand down. <laughs> I mean, these places were shells of themselves, right? So when they ended racing there, uh, even Hialeah was was getting beat up. And uh, when they finally, you know, stopped racing, well, at least, you know, thoroughbred racing, real racing that they had, not uh, kind of the sham racing. Sorry, Pete. But, um, you know, the quarter horse. And now, now they have that, you know, really ridiculous racing. I guess they don't have to do it anymore because there's no more uh, obligation to race in South Florida if you want to keep your slots. So that sham uh, is, is over. But, I mean, Arlington is just this beautiful place. And it's kind of hard to describe if you've not been there. But um, the crowd is it's kind of a, um, uh, it, I guess it's kind of like a Saratoga crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not your traditional, um, you know, horse players, uh, simulcast center type of of. of no, it's a little, it's, little upper upper. You know, a little little refined, more refined crowd. I, I'd like to say, but they're not great betters. But no, I think it's a lot more people that are that are there for fun. For fun, right, and and maybe not the hardened people. I mean, let's face it: ninety percent of our handle, ninety-five percent of our handle, in some places, comes from somewhere other than people standing at a window making a bet. Um, but like the one thing I do notice about Arlington is that uh, even during Saratoga, when when the big races are running, there's usually only one or two people watching on TV. Everyone else is watching the parade of you know on the poly. <laughs> At, at the live races, but um, well, that's the attraction, you know. That that's what I, was, I think we were talking about this last week. Where, you know, I it, I find it hard to to bet simulcast when when you're at the track. You know, it's, it's more of a show. It's 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 the main attraction. Yeah, I don't hear you, but it, it's just a it's just a nice place, and then I mean, yeah, it's it's beautiful. It it's is nice. old. I mean, if you think about it, it it's older. I mean, it it was built uh, rebuilt in what nineteen eighty five, so yeah. you're you're talking about uh, a thirty five year old facility. It's not like it was built last month, but walking through <laughs> feels <you> modern. <laughs> you, it does. You don't even realize how old it is until you think about it, right? I mean. And the sight lines are great. Every seat uh, in the place is a great. Um, oh, you can't you can't miss anything. No, it, there's so much. You know, the paddock is beautiful. It's it's just a just a fantastic facility. And and yes, the racing is is definitely decidedly second rate at this point. But um, you know, it's just kind of surreal. I, I guess is the feeling that it's hard to believe. 
that, please. Um, and weird feeling being there this weekend. I've been to a million before, and well, I mean, big event days are big event days, and it's funny you see the same kind of people and the same you know, <laughs> the jockeys and trainers, and but this one was a little different, and, and I mean, uh, the secretary or whatever they call it. I mean, that was that was a ridiculous race. I don't know if I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. That's an interesting question. Is what happens? Uh, you know, surely the Arlington Million and and the Beverly D and Twill. That's a run at Hawthorne, right in the summer. <laughs> or. Um, some way. I just don't know. I mean, Churchill and Hawthorne have never really been, uh, you know, on the same page. I mean, Churchill basically ruined the Illinois Derby by not including it in the points system for no reason at all. There was no reason at all. Um, I mean, the Illinois Derby was was a pretty good prep. Um. And it was a historic prep and it had been around for a long time. And, um, you know, the Churchill, they just, for no, for no reason other than spite, just wrote the Illinois Derby out. The race. Because of that. So, I don't know. I, I really don't know who has the rights to those names. I, I'm, um, the Delaware handicap was run at Saratoga for a few years um, when Delaware <laughs> didn't run. Um, or I think, I don't know if they didn't run or if they, if they had gotten. Person. So the race was persevered with and, and it was saved because, you know, they raced to Saratoga uh, and then it went back to Delaware. But I'm not really sure. It's a good question. To, I'm not even sure who to ask. Actually, it's, <laughs> it's a good question for so for somebody. But uh, I mean, I wonder, I wonder, I don't know. It was, uh, but it, it was kind of a, um, it was kind of melancholy, you know, and it was a beautiful day, like Saturday. Um, last weekend was hot. <laughs> it was really hot. Yeah, was, that's, like, that's hot coming out. from a guy from that lives in South Florida. Exactly. I mean, it was like, <laughs> like normal for me, but for, I mean, it was, it was hot. You could, the horses were, were really suffering too. Um, but last this weekend was beautiful. The weather was just perfect, and um, I mean, it was a big crowd, and it didn't seem like a funeral. But for those that know, and and the people, uh, I saw a lot of uh, racing people I knew that that you know were from Chicago, and you know you could see it on their faces, and you could feel it, like you know this is it, and uh, it's basically the last relevant day of racing, and. In um, in Chicago, um, and I, I mean, no offense to Hawthorne, but I mean, really, what do they run over there that anyone really pays attention to? The Hawthorne Gold Cup, maybe, but it's just uh, it's just not the same. And and thank God that they're there. I mean, hey, listen, they're, they're trying. Uh, the Carey family and Jim Miller, <clears throat> them people are. Are, are basically the the lifeline for Illinois racing outside of you know, Fairmont, um, 
but uh, uh to you, sir. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. But um, the St. Louis Derby actually I saw a nomination form for that. It's back the St. Louis Derby. But um, yeah, it just um, it was kind of a weird feeling, and you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I could I could only imagine being there. You get that, you know, that that uneasy feeling in your stomach kind of thing where it's like, damn, you know, this is going away and there's really no good reason for it. I can tell you this. You know, a meet like Saratoga, right? Everybody looks forward to Saratoga. When you're mm-hmm. at Saratoga and you're working at Saratoga and you're there all the time, by the end of Saratoga, you're happy to leave Saratoga because <laughs> it's a lot of extracurricular stuff. I mean, and there's more pressure and the days are longer and uh, you're racing more days. Um, you're, you're just wore out. And I feel that way is a better, forward. though. Yeah. You're looking forward to the next um, the next meet. Like that, except the, 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 the pit in your stomach said there is coming back this is the i'm not going to come to the arlington million next year because it's doesn't not going to exist and the arlington million was one of my favorite races it was always i don't know why but it just seemed like it was important when i was and i mean i was in my teens early teens when the first one was was run and it was unique then i mean it was an international race that, that we just didn't have very many in this country where you'd have uh, horses from Europe coming over and the jockeys and the people that we didn't know much about. And, uh, you know, the million dollar purse was just so much higher than everything else. I mean, this was, uh, I think what, three years before the breeders cup even existed. So it was kind of a, a huge race and got was much and every track you know every year um they took and, and uh you know, know to think that uh, they couldn't even muster up a million bucks Churchill couldn't even go in their pockets and take some of that money they're making at rivers casino and, and, and say hey we're gonna make it one last million and don't change the name they don't care they don't care they, they just don't care the 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 travesty of the way the press was treated oh, post-race and, and, and not letting the photographers go on the uh, on the turf course. Um, I mean, that's just... That, that, that's just I, I just don't understand the point of that. What, pettiness. What proof. Pettiness. Why? Oh, why? There's no, none of those people did anything to them. Let me explain to you something, Barry. You Please, know this. You, you know what it is. If you're an asshole, and the guy who runs the place is an asshole. And that's all there is to it. And that's what he's been. He's a lackey for Churchill Downs. That's all he's been. He's vindictive. And he doesn't care. Because the fact of the matter is that it doesn't matter what the press writes bad stuff. It doesn't matter. I have no idea why he treated them that way. But it, it makes yeah, no sense. It didn't to me at all. And I've seen the stories, heard the stories. And it's like, what for? What, what are they trying to prove at this point? They've already won. You know what I mean? You guys won. You, you're shutting it down. You're doing everything you want to do. Why, Why? you know, kind of... Because they don't care. Slap the In the end, they, they just, don't care. Well, I understand not caring. 
I get that part, but why add insult to injury? Because they can, they're bullies. And, and think about, like, the, the famous statue, right? John Henry and the Bart, right? Mm-hmm. People kind of inquired about, you know, what was going to happen to it. Would it go to, like, uh, the racing museum or the horse park or something like that? Nah, nah, nah. <clears throat> they want to sell it. They want 300000 for it. Jesus. Yeah, they could have used the 300000 to to boost up the purse of the million. Yeah, not like they don't have it. <laughs> Listen, the whole, the, the entire reason. Let's let's call it, call you know it what it is. We own Rivers Casino and would siphon money from that. Siphon money, but you only own fifty one percent of Rivers Casino, right? So every dollar profit, it's profit. But Arlington, you cried about, oh, we have to pay the horsemen their cut. Well, their cut is a whole lot less than 49%. And this idea that, oh, this casino, uh, 25 minutes away, that's, that's 25 minutes away if traffic's good, is, is going to impede on us. That's, that's, that's nonsense. Explain Vegas. <laughs> that's you all know? you have to say. One, one word, Vegas. I mean, it, it, this idea that Oh, this was going to cut our profits, and then we have to do it. That's that's a load of crap. They wanted out of racing in Illinois. That was the entire reason it's done. They they they've stopped lying, I guess, about about building another track. Though, the it was someone in Illinois to get the uh, the twin again you know but it, it's just it's disingenuous and get people in Kentucky can't say anything right because in Kentucky they're 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 the boss they own Turfway they own Churchill um and you know they they, they invest money in and they they put all their 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 money into those facilities right so if you're there you're fine press out good luck it's like you're next to the it's what it feels like right <laughs> listen the, the reason the fairgrounds has survived is because the horsemen in louisiana have a lot of political pull probably as much or more than any other state the horsemen have more pull in louisiana than churchill downs does But that's not, that doesn't, you know, that, that situation doesn't exist in many other states, if any other state, really, uh, in, including Kentucky, including Kentucky. Churchill Downs has more pull in Kentucky than, than the horsemen do. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just a shame it's come to this. And, I mean, listen, we knew it was coming. Um, and... I just think people have to understand that the, the one of the reasons that, that people feel so betrayed is that, uh, you know, they, they've been marching down to Springfield every year with the and trying to get these things passed. Yep. Uh, Sports betting the slots and, and, and the casino. And then when given the opportunity, all of a sudden, giving the horsemen their cup.
I mean, that is just like disingenuous as, as can be. And the corporate nonsense, it's, it's just nonsense. It's, it's an excuse. It is what it is. You know, I mean, there's not much you can do about it in the end. And the fact of the matter is the I think that this idea that the horseman's bids are actually in the running is they're just going to keep floating that uh, until close to the end of the meet when everything's over. And then all of a sudden, you know, that reality is going to set in, too. So I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I hope <laughs> I'm not. But there's no reason to believe anything else other than that. So, so anyways, I mean, it was a couple interesting races. True, true. Million was a uh, kind of a a, a lesson in pace. Um, Jeez, and... man, that was that was just a travesty of of strategy. I they just question mark that I would have if I was um especially with with domestic spending or or the Aiden O'Brien horse, the Coolmore horse is that these horses have no speed. They're they're at the mercy of the pace. And given how many horses those two operations have that might uh, be able to set a, at least a, an honest pace for three quarters of a mile. It's interesting that they don't try to use that. Um, you know, I know I know people are like some people are like adamant against rabbits. Oh, I shouldn't use rabbits, but that's that's the yeah. But that's, that's they're how you allowed get pace. <laughs> they're <laughs> allowed. You know, and, and as long as they're allowed, it's it's a legitimate strategy. And you have a horse that comes from way out of it, then you know I, I don't know. I maybe the the race wasn't big enough race. I I don't know. I don't know, but. Uh, I mean, two Emmys just stole a race. I mean, James Graham literally stole a race. Yep, rocked him to sleep. I mean, very I easily to... too. It wasn't even like you know. That's probably one of the easiest rides he's probably ever had. <laughs> right. I mean, the fact that domestic spending was only about a length and a half off the off the lead at the quarter pole. Yeah, that was trouble. I knew it was trouble. And. <laughs> English Channel and another another big success story. Uh, and it was it was great. I was happy for Hugh Robertson, nice guy, you know, veteran of the game, been around forever, taking a shot, and uh, you know, probably just hoping to get a piece. That's what he said. He he yeah. actually said that, and you know, good for him. You know, no, it gets, it does show you that like, you know, he, taking a shot in these races is is not always. Um, you, you know, you can't win it if you're not in it. Right, right. That was my actually. My... If you're a speed horse, you know, if you're a speed horse, this possibility always exists that you're going to get a a you know a, a softer than soft pace, and you can just hold on. Especially if the track is playing, and if and the, and the turf seemed like it was pretty fair. I mean, I didn't notice any bias at all. The, the, the all the time I was there, I mean, the turf there is great. Oh, it's gorgeous. Don't know why they don't use more turf races other than maybe the purses are higher. But um, another example, though, of uh, 
you can win grade one races or graded races without going to the Saratoga Pheasant Tipping Sale and a three hundred thousand. Two Emmys was a four thousand dollar yearling. Four thousand. So the Bruce D. I don't know where the Secretary of Stakes is going to land, but man, they got to consider downgrading based on this edition. <laughs> I think last year's edition was better, and they didn't even run it. <laughs> but Eddie Keneally's happy. I mean, point by me is a grade one winner. Yeah, it's good to see him get a win. He, 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 he was having a tough time early in the year. He, he was having a real tough time early in the year, but a uh, uh, son of point of entry. Um, another horse, $30,000 yearling. Louis Size did a nice job, got him, got him in the right position, and then he was the fastest horse. I mean, <laughs> the the irony of, of the situation is that um, if he went in a two other than at Saratoga, <laughs> he probably wouldn't even be the favorite. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, it was uh, it was kind of a shockingly weak field. Uh, I'm sure Aiden O'Brien was thinking, ah, I should have sent the stable pony over for that one. But, um, hey, you know what? He won the race, and uh, good for him. And I, uh, like I said, I don't know what the Secretariat, what it, uh, what, what's in store for it, where it's going, where it's going to be run, if it's going to be run. But uh, a downgrade might be forthcoming. In the works, yeah. The Beverly D. <laughs> Another theme that we've had most of the year, that the Europeans are just better uh, on the grass, of course. <laughs> Santa Barbara, uh, I mean, the race was kind of, um, you know, you want to put an asterisk next to it because Mean Mary broke through the gate before the race, which is, of course, always unfortunate. Um, but um, I don't know that Santa Barbara wouldn't have won anyways. Yeah. Certainly, uh, you know, Mean Mary has an excuse, but uh, Santa Barbara won easy. I mean, it wasn't like she was. Uh, I mean, she she just cruised on by. And, uh, she's she's a really she's really good over in, uh, over here. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was I was definitely upset when Mean Mary broke through the gate. I was like, oh no. She yeah. ran well, though. I mean, it's not like you know she ran a real bang up second considering. No, she did, and, and she got. Uh, I mean, honestly, the pace was a little more honest than in the Beverly D. I mean, when you think that the in the the Arlington Million, right? Somebody went out with this million that went fifty two and change. I mean, uh, forty nine is is literally like twelve, thirteen lengths faster. Well, that's uh, the thing is they had the playbook. It was it was theirs. Like press the horse in, on the lead, and you'll you'll be okay. We'll get. You get a, a decent enough pace to run into. Right, right. But I guess they just got amnesia between the Beverly D and Arlington Million. Yeah. Yeah, because both European horses in the Arlington Million were taken back to last and second to last. I mean they were and they were taken back. It wasn't like they just yeah, they swapped were, out of it. They were out of the picture. Yeah, that that was it seemed to be the design and uh I mean, they, they, you know, saying people saying, well, they, they didn't really fire. Well, the winner ran his last quarter in 22 and three, <laughs> you know, coming from 10 lengths behind. 
you know, you're, what are you going to do? You run your last quarter in 20? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what you would have had to do, right? So it was, uh, it was just, uh, you know, a, a, a circumstance of pace. And it happens sometimes. It just does. But uh, Santa Barbara looks like a serious horse. And, um, I mean, they didn't commit to anything after the race. But you'd have to think that, that she'd be coming back for a shot at the Breeders' Cup, right? I would hope so. I hope so, personally. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they would put it that way. Yeah, I mean, the, the horse is already here. <laughs> you know, ship back. No, right. Uh, the other greatest stake was the Pucker Up. Uh, Chad Brown, Flavian Pratt, and company with uh, Shantasara, who is a daughter of Kulski. Well, I have to admit, I was not familiar with. Yeah, I had to look that up, too. Yeah. Um, but she was a recent European import. She was second at Mammoth, and uh, she ran really well. Uh, I mean, I thought she ran, a, she ran a, a nice race, and she looks like, you know, maybe a cut below the top horses, but, you know, certainly, you know, went, went, went well. And uh, She was another horse. She was bought as a... Uh, I don't know what the current connections bought her for, because obviously she was bought after she uh, she had raced over in Europe some. But um, originally she was purchased for thirteen thousand as a two year old in training in um, in Europe. So and they're out there. Another example out there. It was four graded stakes, three grade ones, and um, I don't know where Santa Barbara came from. They didn't. Coolmore did not breed her. She was also not purchased at public auction, so I don't know how they acquired her. But horses were bought for four thousand, thirty thousand, and thirteen thousand. That does it—it's something. I mean, every week, mm-hmm. a lot of these type of horses winning these races, and people like get infatuated with big sales. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of the graded races are not won by those type of horses. They're won by, um, you know. A, a quality horse that may not have a huge degree or may have some kind of confirmational issue of some sort uh, that just overcomes it and, and just a racehorse, you know, and, and that's, that's something the game should be selling. That, that is something that we should be hearing about. Uh, yeah, I think the never TVOBA hear about- or, or whoever is out there that, that should be, re- you know, trying to recruit <clears throat> owners into the business. And it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time. That's understandable. It, it's not easy to get people in, included. But guys, micro shares ain't helping. All right? Those are not helping. We need actual owners. You know, real owners. We need them. If we don't have them, it's hard to see the game grow. If the game doesn't grow, it's eventually going to die. It, and that's simple. It's just that simple. I mean, you know, you're, you're going forward or you're going backwards um but these are the type of things that that should be there should be some sort of ad campaign some sort of marketing campaign some sort of well of, hell uh, if uh if if uh mattress mac can go out here and, and blast run happy everything why can't <laughs> you know somebody or you know just tout these these you know short priced yearlings and and purchases that are winning these huge races I mean, there, there's no other way. I mean, you'd have to think twice about it if you're if you're 
you know, mildly interested in the game, you'd be like, wow, they, they only paid that much and they won that much? Exactly. Wow. And, it, and it's not like it's a fluke. It's not. I mean, the majority of the, the greatest stakes wins the last few weeks have been horses on, in, in the five figures, some in the four figures. And, and, and listen, we got, yeah, go back to Dina's spirit. I mean, we, we, we got a, we got a couple more to talk about. <laughs> yeah. There's other things. That <laughs> we're, we're not done see. yet. No, we're not done yet. We're not done with the bargains. And one of them is a big race and a famous horse. I'll give Mark Cassie a lot of credit. I thought God Stormy was done. I did. I, I told I, a lot of people done for the summer, last two years. I said I didn't like the way she she finished her last two races. I didn't even like the way the, the race she won at Gulfstream. Uh, her first, you know, her debut this year was yeah. horses that she should have been able to carry me and, and beat. So I really didn't think that. I thought she was tailing off. She she got to that point. I mean, sometimes mares get to a point where they just say, you know what, we don't want to do it anymore. And um, but she obviously like, still had something left. And yeah, she likes the spring water and uh, potato chips. She does love Saratoga. I mean, this is her second win. And, uh, I mean, she wound up beating another Philly set piece. I know. So, you know, kind of kind of illuminates the weakness of the, the turf males, which is, again, another theme that we've been talking about for a long time. Well, yeah, going back to last November when we were obliterated by every European horse that came over. Yeah, Order of Australia. Who hasn't oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I still oh. can't believe I left him out. I forgot he was in the race. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, Mark Cassie did a really good job of, of getting that filly back. And uh, she, ran, she ran a bang-up race. Uh, Tyler rode her great. And, you know, and there's not, really not much else to say. Uh, I think you should also recognize that even though she's been around for a long time, even though she was sold for, uh, you know, in, I think, what was it? Like two and a half, three million. Last November as a broodmare. Well, not as a broodmare, had a broodmare sale. Um, and then she was she was bought by the uh, the people at Spendthrift and they put her in the micro share thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, she was a $23,000 yearling originally. And she was pinhooked, and she was bought for forty five thousand as a two year old. So, you could have got her twice for reasonable prices. Twice, you had two, two, two bites, two bites in the apple there. But um, no, and uh, it got stormy for for being able to. You know, she's just one of those Saratoga lovers, right? Yeah, Raging Bull was the no show. Yeah, fully paced. I, I'm not really impressed by that horse. You know, I, I, I've never been actually. So but, I was gonna say that. You know, he's always kind of like, yeah, he's pretty good, and if everything works out perfectly, he'll win. But right, he seems like he finds an excuse to lose, right? Yep, every time. And and you know, I I thought also that you know being on the inner is definitely the inner at Saratoga is not a good place for that horse to run. You know, unless there's a, just a breakneck pace up front where everything collapses in front of them. 
He's more of a, uh, you know, a Belmont type turf horse where he needs a lot of room. And even then, you know, his, his race before uh, the four star Dave is just like, you know, he got himself into trouble <laughs> and got out a little bit too late and got beat, but he was, he was finishing fast. And, and I think the wider open, you know, those tight turns aren't good for that horse. I, you know, no. I would bet that horse every time on the Saratoga inner. Well, you're going to probably have to wait till next year, but uh, I don't think any more races for him, really. Nah, he's got to show up at the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> uh, the Breeders' Cup's at Del Mar. Which isn't to his style either, so. Well, he's got to face European horses, so he's probably dead Short stretch, you know, the stretch there, the turf course is, the stretch is fairly short. So that doesn't bode well for him either. William Buick will be on something that they can't catch. Billy Buick? Billy Buick, baby. That's what they should have. Pierre, how about the guy that won like four races last year? No, I think he's in in jail. He's in jail, right? Yeah, he said (laughs) that. I think he got in trouble. (laughs) Pierre Chalabredo, I think he got in trouble, yeah. Yep, Mr. Mr., uh, Mr., what's his name? Pierre Charles that's what they should have. They should have future book for jockeys. You could bet Ooh, the jockey. They're gonna make the race. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's, you know, it's funny because we talk about a lot, and the way it's being done, of course, is going to be a failure, and because you know this is horse racing, and so <laughs> wins out. So um, it probably is not <clears throat> everyone thinks it is. However, there are so many opportunities to do kind of unique things um like something like as crazy as future book for jockeys in particular races right i mean why not well remember uh what was it kentucky downs a jockey bet yeah yeah and yeah and you know what we do sometimes in horse racing we we try something once and we give it like a half ass and then we're like yeah man it didn't really work because well, they have one thing, like the roulette thing. They should have well, stopped. That was, that was the dumbest idea. I mean, if, if they asked anybody <laughs> with a brain, it would have known. That, that never it ever started it. Yeah. Dumbest <laughs> idea ever. I mean, listen, I'm not going to say we should get a Nobel Prize for, you know, Jockey Future book. But, I mean, come on. Roulette. But I, I like those head-to-head bets on Breeders' Cup Day, though. Yeah, they're interesting, you know. I like those when they when they do them right, you know. It's, get... it, listen, it's it's not going to make the industry better again or that, but it's interesting. And, it's and, fun, and it, yeah. It's fun. It's something that you can um, bet, you know, and 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 it's just, you know, it's different, and there's no reason not to do it. Uh, Bill Mott, it's different. Bill Mott now wins two year old greatest stakes on the dirt as the uh, high. Really kind of crushed the Saratoga special. Yeah, First did. stake winner for Gormley. Uh, uh, Junior Alvarado, who's had a little bit of a tough meet, gonna, got one. And uh, I know that you were high on High Oak. Very. And I, I just hope that horse didn't like peak too soon because I think he's gonna stretch out pretty well. And. You know, I, I'd like to see him kind of blossom next year. I, I hope he didn't peak too soon and just kind of developed a little bit earlier than everybody else. Kind of the bolt the oro type thing. 
right. where he kind of runs big and you don't really see him again because he's, he, everybody kind of physically gets stronger and, and bigger and faster over the next few months. But fingers crossed that he keeps building on that because he looked good the other day. Really good. You know, a lot of people have no idea what a good trainer is anymore. Like, a lot of them get infatuated because of numbers. But Bill Mott is a great trainer. Always has and been. Bill Mott was a guy that absolutely positively <clears throat> did not prep his young two-year-old dirt horses to win these type of races for years and years and years. And he had a, a, a way of doing things, and it worked, obviously. got him into the Hall of Fame. But he was smart enough to see how the, the, the winds of the industry changed and, and the, which way they were blowing that you couldn't just give horses a couple starts, three starts, four starts to, to pick up their stride. Even though, honestly, in the end, it's the best thing for the horses. Like being undefeated is nonsense unless you're trying to sell the horse, which, of course, you know, seems to be what everyone wants to do. But Billmont changed the way he trained. And, um, you know, he's had much more success with horses first time out. He's had much more success with um, horses like like High Oak. Um, and it doesn't mean he couldn't train a sprinter. He's had a lot of really good sprinters. But he, he has shown the ability to, you know, adapt. And, and that's something that very few trainers have. I call that the, uh, the anti-Bobby Knight. And Bobby Knight was refusing to change his, his motion offense and his style, his own personal style, and it, and it ended up being his demise. Um, you know, the good, the good ones always change, and they adapt to their players, and they adapt to the system, and they adapt to, this, to the environment. Um, and, and that's exactly what Bill Mott has done. The only horse I've ever seen him kind of fumble around with a little bit was, uh, oh, what's his name, the, the horse that won at the Pegasus really fast that can't run anymore oh yeah i can't I name that that's even that that's even, even that i mean that, that was that he was making but that wasn't his fault because the horse showed like supreme talent early but like, he was that, also making his first start as a three-year-old in january well it wasn't a two-year-old in july you know right so it's it's that there's a huge difference there was, there. but um no he's He's a he's a great trainer, and this is just another feather in his cap. And he's got so many, he's got not much room left for for feathers. But uh, you know, a lot of guys win because they just have a lot of horses. But Bill Mott wins, and he's always won. Bill Mott started claiming horses at Churchill Downs. Bill Mott worked for Jack Vanberg. Jack Vanberg was a a claiming trainer. Everybody remembers him as that. And campaigning out Sheba all over the country, his best horse, blah blah blah. But Jack Vanberg was a claiming trainer. You know, he, he was one of the original, um, you know, big outfits that did tracks in the Midwest. That That's where Bill Mott, you know, started out. Frankie Brothers as well. But, um, you know, it's uh, to think that, you know, he's, he's won Breeders' Cup with, uh, you know, mile and a half horses and, uh, you know, the job he did with Cigar. I mean, Listen, 
<laughs> talking about how great of a trainer Bill Mott is is like talking about how great of a baseball player Mike Trout is, right? I mean, <laughs> you don't just look at the numbers, all right? Exactly. Just, just look at the names, and it's like, oh, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of. Uh, we don't need much to uh, to you know to sing his praises. Yeah, <laughs> it's already there. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's plain to see. Yeah, that it is. Uh, the King Edward was uh, was run at uh, Woodbine. Olympic runner finally got uh, got the job done. Olympic runner's kind of been a uh, horse that, that hasn't gotten a lot of wins, but um, Jolie Olympica was disappointing. Yeah, but, the but, race was amazingly fast. Track record they went <clears throat> the three quarter or the seven eighths uh, split was one nineteen and three. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a carpet out there, a pool table. One thirty-one and three track record. Must have just cut the grass. Then. Olympic runner, I guess so. I guess so. But that but it was wasn't another... playing like that. It wasn't playing that fast. Like that was, you know, that was a... the previous couple of weeks. It wasn't unless they got a dry spell. I I don't recall it being rainy or anything up there recently. So maybe it just kind of got super hard. That was that was really a um. It was, it was a big effort by Olympic runner. Huge. Yeah. Because that horse is, is never won for me. No. It, you know, no, that I is... bet that horse, you know, a, a few times and just, and I went away from, and he burned me. So, win some, you lose some, I guess. It was a big win for Rafael Hernandez. I don't know if people really know the story of Rafael Hernandez. Who's been no, I don't think people do. Pretty successful up in, uh, in Canada. But he was riding. At Fairmont, or as you call it, FanDuel, FanDuel, the duel, and he was dominating there. I remember, and it's just a place that it's a place that nobody pays any attention to, right? No one pays attention to them. I mean, they're not even on like the off days, uh, like you know, the the, the off day, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday kind of circuit, right? I mean, people. (laughs) Indiana Grand at parks or Finger Lakes, but I mean Fairmont's like you know. Anyways, Wesley Ward sitting in his office at Keeneland, watching the race. He's got the races on, and uh, Cliff Collier, who's you know confidant of Mister Mister Ward and friend of ours, um, was there and. This guy is winning all the races, and Wesley's like, "This guy looks pretty good on a horse." Like, let's call him. <laughs> so they call the jocks room, and they they said, "Yeah, this is Wesley Ward. I'm with an agent, Cliff, and you know, like, we think you can really ride, and, and you know, you want to get out of that place. Uh, you know, there's an opportunity to to come, uh, you know, to maybe uh, you know ride at the big tracks." And I mean, it was a, uh, essentially a cold call, and he did, and and, and eventually he wound up uh, up. Uh, he rode at Gulfstream one winter and went back to Canada, and and uh, has done really well. I think he got hurt last year or something, but yeah, um, he, you know, he he's become a, a a regular rider on the big league circuit. And I mean, this was, I mean, just the, what are the odds, right? I mean, it's a great story, and it's like. I don't know that it, it's. I don't know that I've ever even seen anyone write about it. But uh, yep, Wesley Wesley Cole called the the, the jocks room. 
and said, "Hey, we think <laughs> we think you can ride." You Shit, can I remember riding there for Wesley before. Ward was a was the apprentice of the year way back when. That he was sixty awards winner. Yeah, maybe looks like a little baby <laughs> when he was riding. <laughs> yeah, the kid, uh, my our man from uh, from Grant's Pass. Byron Butterfly won his first. Oh yeah, sixteen year old. Yeah, that was the race my dad bet. He was kid. He bet the Byron. He bet the Butterfly. Said yeah, the Butterfly is all right. Great name. He can deal with tight turns. But um, sixteen years old. Yeah, it was his first Indiana Grand win. Who knows? Maybe he's the next Stevie Coffin. From Beanie's place, the Grant, the Path. Pass. I was gonna say the pass. Colonial is the best uh, gig in racing. Announcing gig, by the way. Uh, Don't work it? weekends. There's off every weekend. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's it's, it's Beamy's world, and we're just living in it. That's right. Wait, yeah. Wait till he comes down to to Tampa. The Tamp. Big shoes to fill at the Tamp. Yeah, man. Plus, it, to have it, all the, the public subs he can handle. It's going to be weird, man. It's different, yeah. You I mean, know, it's, it's I mean, like everything I'm, else. Right? You get used to it, right? But it, it's going to be weird for Dale Grunder. I mean, I've, I've never seen a race at Tampa with Dick Grunder did go. <sighs> Delmar had no graded stakes this weekend, which was a little bit odd. Yeah, their their card was not very good. No. No, uh, there was one last greatest stake this weekend, and that was at Long Acres. Hmm. Well, I guess it's not Long Acres anymore, but it's still a Long Acres mile. Same Emerald. place name, Emerald, Emerald, and uh, background from Mike Punick. Puick, how do you say his name? Puick, 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 and your man Rocco Bowen. Yeah, Rocco, Rocco, Rocco's super emotional. Rocco, Rocco's all over the place. He's riding in. That was his spot, though. He was there Arlington. a long time. Over at the, at the at the Emerald. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, got the job done. Background is uh, he, he actually raced Arlington his previous start and got beat. <laughs> but it was a. I wonder how they got him out there. I wonder if they flew him there. If they. That's a long ways away, man. From Chicago to... You think they drove? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. <clears throat> but They uh, had the FedEx them over there. What if they FedEx Rocco? <laughs> He's kind of small. Put them both in the box. You can put him in there. He's very little. He ain't that big. But that was, that was, that was kind of cool. It was very cool to see. It's cool to see people that... Have, and this is no I think that was his first graded stakes win. Uh, might have it probably was. I think it was. That's uh, I was having that conversation on Twitter last night, but yeah, I think it is. Yeah. It's nice to see people like that get a get a chance. Um you know, guys like Hugh Robertson, Jimmy Graham, and, I mean, and James Graham rides in a lot of big races. It's not like he doesn't ride in Yeah, but he's not races, riding, but he's, he's not, not riding, riding favorites. favorites in those races. Yeah. Right. But um yeah, it's 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 nice to see because uh, sometimes it feels like the big stakes are just dominated by the same people over and over and over and over again, and uh, you know, 
it is nice to see other people winning once in a while. Yeah, but as long as you don't slander Joel Rosario, we're good. That's my guy. He can never do anything wrong. Never. Just saying. I'm slandering turf sprints. I'm done with turf sprints. I love those. I can't believe you don't like them. I'm just done with them. They don't like me. <laughs> well, Fire's going to come back, so. No, Fire's dead. Fire. Huh? Fire's dead. Fire's dead? Fire broke down. I didn't know Fire died. Yeah, I thought Fire. Was... No, he's done. Nope. So, well, that hurts. Yeah, it sucks. That really does suck too. Golden Pal, then. Golden Pal is 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 alive and well. Fast. Probably right. Probably Macau or someplace west of Heaven Racing. Oh, I think he it was in uh, somewhere in England, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere that we don't pay that much. Some money. Euro race Wesley was looking for word two. I don't know. Yeah. We need we we need to develop that division because no, I think that it's a good division. I mean, I don't know if you watch any Australia racing, but like that's like eighty percent of their races are five Fs, the and they're back. always the stampede. It's so great. You don't ever see, you hardly ever see any horses just wing it on the lead and win. Same thing with the Australian harness. They go three, four deep. Yeah. And make these insane moves around the tight turn and win. You know, it's really crazy when harness how different it is than what we have over here. They don't break. It's like that's first of all. That's like, the first. It, it, it's weird. Like they they guys just parked out three wide and like no big deal. You know? Right. They don't. They don't panic. I think maybe that's what it is. They they just know. They're like. I just don't think they go as do fast. They just go so fast here now that it's just like, and they have different distances too. I mean, they they run longer distances as well. But uh, the races here go so fast. Just just crazy how fast they go. I want to give a shout-out to the uh, the PDJF, the Permanent Disabled Jockey Fund. I uh, spent some time with Nancy LaSalle this weekend. Oh, and yeah. I, 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 I saw that on Twitter. You know, they had the little booth set up. and Yeah, and giving out a bunch of shirts and all kinds of stuff. Um, as long as they're not a five guys shirts, we're good. They had these green shirts and they had, <laughs> um, I was standing there, uh, and I was asked, Hey, do you know what this shirt means? And it was a shirt from a race at Arlington from, uh, the year 2000. Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, I gotta be honest. I do not recall. <laughs> it was 21 years ago. But apparently they had just been sitting up in some, you know, storeroom or something. All these boxes of these shirts and stuff. And, uh, you know, they gave, you know, if you made a donation, you could basically give you a whole, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, you know, but um, Nancy, who, who LaSalle, whose, whose husband Jerry was a rider, uh, she is, you know, the head of, of it. And then just does, you know, a tremendous amount of work. And it's it's honestly... 
it's an underfunded organization and it's embarrassing to me that that we're underfunding something like that because um it's just uh, you know it, it's it's the most tragic occurrence that can happen right uh, on a racetrack a person who's permanently disabled um you know doing their job and the fact that they have to uh, basically beg is, is wrong. And I think that uh, we've done a lot in this last few years for horse rescue, which, which of course is a huge issue and, and something that needs to be, you know, a lot more done, um, just scratching the surface of that. But this is something that, that really it wouldn't need, wouldn't need anywhere near the amount of money it would, um, you know, for the horse, you know, taking care of the horses. Um, but a, a permanent funding solution needs to be found. And there's no reason that we haven't done this already. And uh, the racetracks, the breed organizations, the horsemen, uh, the jockeys guild, everyone, we've got to get together and, and come up with a, re- a way to, to fund this. Um, and it's great <laughs> that people donate. And they've they've had I know Carlo Vecareza has had uh, numerous fundraisers at his restaurant that he you know he puts on and and, and sacrifices a, a you know a night's worth of revenues and he pays all the help out of his pocket and tremendous amounts of money. But we need to to find a way to support that. And there's a lot of influential people on that board, and they need to to start putting pressure as well. Because um, we have a responsibility to those guys, and it's not like we don't. We're not talking like we need a hundred million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's it's not like it's it's just some far fetched number that we you know that the tracks could never get to or attain or you know it's just it's just about decency. You know, especially because you know everything that the jockeys do as far as, you know, race riding benefits everyone in the equation. And it's, it's a shame that they're not taken care of better. And we're not talking about, about people that are, you know, paying them more or anything like this. We're talking about the people who, who are permanently disabled. The hurt, yes. Can't, can't work anymore. Can't do anything, really. Exactly. And we really need to come up with something. I mean, honestly, if, if we took $100 off the, the top of, of the purses at the bigger tracks and $50 off the top of the purse at a smaller track, if you think about every race. Right. Run, How many races are run during the year? Exactly. I mean, that's that nothing. Be, and, and, and what is $100? What is $100? nothing to them. Exactly. <laughs> nothing. Exactly. And anyone that pushes against this, you know what? You're a bad person. That's all. You're a bad person. It's 100 bucks. And yes, I, I know there's tracks where they're not running for a lot of money. But if, if you ran at Arlington last weekend for 11000 or you ran for 10950 come on. Right, yeah, big deal. <laughs> big deal is right. And, and, and the tracks, you know what the tracks should do? Match it. Match it. Match it. But it's 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 wrong, and and that's all there is to it. And uh, well, it should present a moral 
you know, uh, challenge or dilemma, you know, that it, it should never go without thought. You know what I mean? Especially the people that are doing it every day. You know, you're, you're at the track reaping the benefits of their work in a sense. Um, it's just, it's, it's just horrible. To think it's about just it. not, it's just not, yeah. a lot, you know, Barry, it's just not a lot of money. No, not enough for not them to go without, you know. It's just not a lot of money. And if you take it off the top of the purse, then guess what? Everyone con- contrib- is contributing, right? The jockeys, the trainers, the owners, everybody. Everybody. Because you're taking it off the top. You're taking it off the top. It's yeah, just and not it's that hard to do either. I mean, it's you know, the big it's equivalent to, to almost like dues. It's just like, and okay. Then, Exactly. Well, that's part of you getting the purse is paying a hundred dollars to <laughs> to the jockeys fund. That's it. Exactly. It's not even a question. It's just you got to do it. No, and it should and it should be done. And uh, I know um, Javier Torres, who's the clerk of scales at Churchill, and a couple other tracks was there. My girl Christina Bonilla was there. Chelsea Bailey was there. Uh, you know, spending a lot of spending their entire day. Um, you know, talking, interacting with people and making people aware of, of what's going on. And, you know, people, um, I don't know how much they raised, but um, it wasn't enough. It's never enough. Right. I mean, it shouldn't come to where they have to give away 20 year old T-shirts that have been sitting in, in, a, the in mold. order to try to make money it's to, pay, to pay for people that are farce, in wheelchairs. I mean, come on. It's just. We're not asking for a tremendous amount of money. And I know there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of worthy organizations, period, whether related to racing or not related to racing. But uh, this one is something that I just, uh, you know, it's off the radar a little bit. And, you know, it's something that, that really should, to me, to me, just is uh, the industry needs to find something to, 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 to be able to create an endowment. Because you know what? Nancy's not going to be here forever. And she basically runs that thing. She runs it herself. And something has to be a better. It has to be set up better, period. And it just does. So... That's just the way it is. True. So I'll be uh, I'll be in Saratoga for a little while. That's good. Mm-hmm. Homecoming of the the golden child of Saratoga. <laughs> You're hanging out with the mayor. Sure, we'll spend some time with the mayor. My man. <laughs> You never, you never know. A... Yeah, I mean that's just an adventure. That's always you call it adventure time with the mayor. Yeah, may 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 you know may wind up over at the harness track tomorrow afternoon. Get the noon card. Oh, that's right. Fourteen starting at noon. You never know. Could be a <laughs> strong possibility. I might wind up there. <laughs> 
that's like 98%. Yeah, yeah. Probably not the marathon, but you'll be there probably by the 7.30. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to make it for the entire 14. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you never know. Maybe you'll make it to lunch. You know, go to lunch. Prices are a lot more reasonable on that side. I was gonna say, you gotta go food over there and it's cheap. <laughs> a lot cheaper. <laughs> oh man. It is crazy, but uh the weather's really nice. That's good. Is it not it's not like forty out, out there right now? Yeah, it was like sixty last night. Oh little, no, dude. I yeah. can't do it. Oh I, thought, no I, was, I was I was a little chilly, you know, but no way. I don't even own a jacket, bro. Can't do it. But uh, I don't even know pants. But I'll tell you what, I ain't getting up before thirty and going to the track. You're not gonna see me over there clocking works at five fifteen. That's not gonna happen. Uh, I beg to differ. You're gonna be out there at least one day. The only way I'm there at that time is if I just go straight from the night before. And that's not. I'm retired, bro. I'm retired. I'm a retired trainer. <laughs> Still got the bug. <laughs> if, if I was like a bug rider, I'd be about 140 pounds over. <laughs> <laughs> Only that's good. I, I'd only be 150 pounds over. 100, 115 if I rode a jumper. You got a jumper race this week? Is there jumpers? Yeah, there's, there's got to be one, right? Yeah. At, at least uh, maybe Thursday, right? Wednesday or Thursday. I didn't check the card yet. Come on, Barry. What's up? I mean, I know I'm usually on top of it. You can't, you can't be let, you can't you can't be slipping here. We gotta we gotta have my my jumper up. Yeah, there. well, I was distracted by Order of Australia finishing third, so. On Saturday. Order Australia is never going to win. Or it was Sunday. That was Sunday. Oh, yeah, because Ryan Moore wrote him. I, I texted you that. I was like, oh, oh yeah, right. Ryan Moore was at Arlington. He was, he, was, he was at Arlington. And then at Deauville the next, less than 24 hours later. Yeah, he got the, he got the, he got the red eye out. Yeah, F that, man. So my man Raylu was doing the same thing. Raylu's racking up those frequent. For real, bro. Got to hook me up with a free flight. I'm going to solicit Santos, Inc. These days, you have to make about, you have to travel like 370,000 miles to, to get a free flight. I remember when Southwest was giving out free flights, I think you had to have eight. Um, You got like a credit for every time you went on a flight and it didn't matter how long or short. I remember I was going back and forth between Tampa and Gulfstream. I had horses of both and, and it was easier just to fly. And this was before nine one one, of course, nine eleven. Oh, you were getting racket miles. So, oh, are you kidding? And I, I mean, these were like, and, and, and I was paying like 59 bucks. I was going to say, dude, like 40 bucks, $40. Yeah, it, was like, it was like ridiculously cheap. I'd, I'd get I had free flights and, you know, you could use the free flights anywhere. So you could fly from there to Los Angeles for, you know, using your free one and just, just, but they changed that. They made it like 16 after that. Cause you were killing them. They're like, yeah. this guy. It's like Amex points. I used to put my feed bill on Amex. 
Oh man, you had free flights everywhere. And oh, I had so many points for a couple years, man. I had so many points. And and believe it or not, the feed guy actually complained. What? Oh, they're taking two two and a half percent. You know, I'm like, dude, you're getting paid on the twelfth every single month. My feed right. bill at that time was thirty five thousand bucks a month. So, wow, they're still gonna complain, huh? That's how we're gonna do this. <laughs> Yeah, I remember he complained. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. But, oh, man. It, it was it was great. I mean, it was just, you know, um, it was just a manipulation of the system, right? I mean, I would just pay with the Amex, and then I'd, I'd, I'd write the check to Amex. And then in the meanwhile, just, just rack up, like, points galore. And then they... Uh, the Johnson Shepherd Grade One, one hundred fifty thousand two and three ace miles over hurdles. Thursday, on Wednesday, Wednesday. Yes, sir. Race number one. Let's we do it. A, we have a field of eight. The Mean Queen comes back. That's the winner. The mean Queen and Thomas James Gardner. Garner. Garner. Like the. What was that TJG. Yeah. Baltimore Bucko is the, the second choice at five to two. And the suddenly uh, mortal Jack Fisher has the two. Gilbro Faro at nine to two. Gilbro Faro is a nine year old. She love how, you know, who was it that used to. Just take horses from the hurdles and run them flats. Uh, Tommy Voss. Yes. Yeah. But love betting those horses because they'd win. <laughs> yeah. He was a really good trainer, too. They were fit. You knew they were fit. They could go the distance. Yeah. I don't care. I like the jumpers. It's cool to see in person, actually. It is kind of cool. But the Jonathan Shepherd, the Jonathan Shepherd handicap. Anyways, well, it's been real. Always, always a pleasure. <laughs> I, haven't <even laughs> looked, I haven't even looked. I think Alabama weekend is this weekend, right? Yes, sir. Um, I haven't really paid. I haven't looked that far ahead yet. Trey, you don't need to. You know, you don't need to handicap all that much. Just gotta gotta bet right. That's the thing. Listen, late, lately neither has been happening. <laughs> it hasn't been good lately. There's no Meadowlands now on the weekends to distract me. Oh, that that hurts. Uh, I was I was feeling it on Saturday. I was like, man, this sucks. Yeah. Friday night. Although I've been I've been doing well at Hoosier. That's. Uh, Hoosier's banned. Sorry. Still? Yeah, still got the. You gotta, I, I actually made some bets at Hoosier. The other night. <laughs> <laughs> I bet cattle wash, and I, I wish I had remained banned because he stunk. But that's the way it goes. Back on the banned list. I can't figure races out that place. It's it's difficult. I really don't get it. 
some tracks, some tracks, I you know, I just can't figure. I just, I don't know if I'm psyched out or. or That's what. me at Pimlico. Can't Pimlico. hit a race there. Can't hit a race there. Can't. Just can't. It doesn't matter what I do. Can't. <laughs> yeah, and they've so, extended Pimlico this year. I know. Laurel, I'm okay. I'm all right at Laurel. Pimlico, no dice. It's just so weird. Some tracks you just it's, just, it's so crazy because the horses just don't run the way they look like on paper, and they'll do something totally different and win. And like, where did that come from? And everybody else stops running. That's the other thing that happens too. To their credit, they don't really persevere with the horses, and they'll just let them kind of peppy the pew past the wire. So you see these horses like run off by like 10, 15 lengths. Everybody else is kind of hanging out. <laughs> yeah, we all we all have our uh, have our tracks we love and the tracks we don't love. But hopefully, it's a big week for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, got a Navy boot camp graduation this week. Oh, there you go. I'm not going. I was supposed to. Oh, you, you got scratched? Yeah, because the the COVID protocols allowed for only two tickets. So um, my wife and my father-in-law are going because he was in the Navy. Oh, okay. So, but it was, it was my basically window of opportunity to go to Arlington that just got squashed. Thanks, well, COVID. <laughs> I was definitely, I mean, it's in, it's in uh, Great Lakes, I think the name of the facility is, but it's in like Waukegan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, w- I was definitely going to Arlington Park. Well, dashed. Hopes and dreams crushed. I swear, I, I, my friend, he's never been there either. And he was considering a trip. And I said, you know, like, you, you, there's two ways of looking at it, right? You're going to go there and you're going to see this place and you're just going to be blown away and you're going to be like, how? Right. Or maybe it's better just to let it, you know, just don't go. (laughs) Just be one of those unicorns type things. Yeah. Anyways, well, like like always, it's been fun and uh, we'll talk. Yes, sir. Don't get in trouble. Thanks for everyone for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. The big.